0: Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier.
1: Hello, and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to build happier habits into your daily life. This week, we'll talk about why you might create a standardized vacation and take a deep dive into the surprisingly hot topic of wearing clothes. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I have to say, I am very impressed with us that we have survived an entire month of wearing clothes every day.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA. And yes, scratch we made it through February. <laughs> um, I did take one day off. I'll tell you about it. I had justification in my mind. We'll get to that.
1: Excellent. Well, I think that you have an excuse at the ready if you want to avail yourself of it because your pilot got picked up. How is it going? That's such a huge, huge thing.
0: Yes, it is so much fun. It's so just so crazy and so stressful and fun all at the same time but um we have a great cast we are going to be shooting very soon in los angeles yeah um just great locations um so i'm super excited to get shooting and um you know happy happy happy
1: Well, it must be nice to be shooting, like, right in your own hometown, because I remember you going to many places all over the world to shoot. And that's a fun adventure, but it's also a lot more logistically challenging.
0: Yes, yes. It's nice to be able to drop Jack off to school, you know, and then go work instead of being in Budapest. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Now, listen, this week, our Try This At Home tip is to create a standardized vacation, which is that when you're going on a vacation with other people, you create a standard template of when to go, where to go, who does what jobs. You just standardize the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and this is really interesting because it minimizes decision fatigue, which yeah. is a whole a reason that many things don't happen, <laughs> even just going out for dinner with friends on a Saturday night, yeah. is because nobody wants to make a decision about where to go, what to do. Um, and this completely takes care of that problem.
1: Yeah, and I got inspired um, about all the advantages of a standardized vacation because I was talking to um, a friend of mine's husband who is a doctor, and he was telling me how he has this bunch of guys that he's been friends with since medical school, and they have a completely standardized vacation. They It's always the same people. They rent the same place in the same town, and they even have, like, jobs so that one person's in charge of, like, the grocery shopping. One person's in charge of renting the van. One person's in charge of renting the place. One, You know, it's every, every job is assigned, and you know, a year in advance— what you're going to be doing and who needs to do what. And um, in a way, it's sort of, you might think like, oh, well, you know, is that less fun? But the fact is, they're all incredibly busy. And yet year after year after year, they've all managed to show up at the same place at the same time. And that's so hard to pull off that I think there's a lot of advantages to this standardized vacation.
0: Yeah, well, and it's the thing of if it's not on the calendar, it won't happen. And if it is on the calendar, (laughs) it likely will happen. And so if you know, oh, every year, the second weekend in October, I meet my friends in Palm Springs, you're just going to have it on your mind and plan around it. It's amazing how things can happen. Like you go, oh, I could never go away, you know, um, in the spring. But then, of course, if you have it on the calendar, somehow you'll find yourself (laughs) doing it.
1: Yes. Well, and listen, you and I did this ourselves um, because before we started the podcast, which now we talk constantly and see each other all the time yeah. because of like <laughs> podcasting conference or, you know, this, that or the other thing, um, we felt like we needed to standardize a vacation just for us because we both had standardized like when we would go to Kansas City, like in my family, we right. go a week in August um, and we also go for Christmas every year. You go every other year. But you and I didn't necessarily see each other that often. And so we picked President's Weekend. And for several years, our standardized vacation was it was President's Weekend. And this was when Jack was really little. And so it was we would come to L.A. and we would pick a place that was within driving distance of L.A. So we did go to different places, but they were always within a driving distance of L.A. And you guys always picked the place. So you came up with some cool places that we went to and that was so that when you ha you know, when you have a little kid, it's just so much easier just to jump in the car than it is to like deal with the airport. Yes. Yeah. And- now that
0: was very thoughtful of you to be willing to fly out here for our weekends. But it was great and we would never have seen each other those weekends had we not had the plan that on President's Day we see each other.
1: Right. And the thing is, because we planned it in advance, we were able to think about things like, well, it's much harder for Elizabeth to fly than it is for Gretchen, but then Gretchen's on the East Coast, and so for her and her family, being in California in February is a plot. Like, we sort of thought it through mm-hmm. and came up with an optimal solution, whereas if every time we were like... Oh, I've always wanted to go to Santa Fe. And then we had to kind of like think through the implications for both of us about like pros, cons. It just it gets to be too much. And then you just you even if you like have a couple of emails about it, it just it's so easy for it to just fritter away.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wish Gretchen that I had this with my college friends because. You know, these are people I love so much. And again, it's like I never see them because it's like, oh, we should all get together. And it's like, oh, we should. And then it just never happens. It feels like, oh, it's not a good time. Yeah, It's too far. You know what I mean? Are we having kids or not having kids? And it's like if there was just a weekend every year where I knew we were seeing each other, then it would just be part of my life and it would just be the, you know, part of the fabric. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, we talk a lot um, on the podcast about 18 for 2018. <laughs> yes. So many people on their list of 18 things they want to do in 2018 have connecting with friends. Yes. And this is a great way to connect with friends. Yeah. Or family, for that
1: matter, you know. Yeah, if you don't have a standing time. Um, And I think another reason that the standardized vacation helps is that when there's lots of people involved, like if it's just you and me, like maybe we can work that out amongst ourselves. But when you have multiple people, like all of your college roommates or all the guys from medical school or whatever, Mm -hmm. then it becomes more complicated. And then you get into the thing where like, some people can have a date and then somebody's like, well, that date doesn't work for me. And then people are like, well, mm. do we proceed without you? Because it's working for a lot of people. Is that a like, is that unthoughtful? And so now we have to like search for another date. And now we're two years out. If it's standardized, it's like build it into the schedule. And if you can't do it that weekend, like it happens. We all understand. Maybe you have a family wedding you can't miss. We'll see you next year. But everybody can plan very well in advance because it's just, it's been decided in advance. And you don't have to worry about how are things going to get done because you've, you've figured out who's got what responsibility.
0: And you know you like the house you're staying in or the resort you're staying in. And it's nice just to not have to worry about those details. But, Gretch, you did this, right, with your friends for a while, at least.
1: Well, in college, we had something called the Ides of March. And so, again, it's like a set time, and it was easy to remember because it was the Ides of March. And we did do it for a couple years, maybe even several years. But see, here's the thing. It wasn't totally standardized. We Uh. had the date, but it would move to different cities. And one year, the people who had sort of um, put up their hands to plan it didn't. They just wow. they just didn't do it. They didn't get. They didn't send out the emails. They didn't like get the ball rolling, and so it just didn't happen. And mm. so that's the thing. I think you have to know who's doing what job, or have it so standardized that everybody knows. Because um, in that case, it just something that was working really well just vanished mm-hmm. without anybody yeah. even really talking about it. It just didn't happen, and then it never happened again. Oh, well, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, now here is the thing. Like some people, I think, are are listening to this, and they're like. Well, this takes all the fun out of a vacation. I mean, there's a whole huge world out there. Why are you going to go back to the same place year after year? They might feel trapped feeling like, oh, there's this thing on my calendar. But I do think there's a lot of advantages to standardization. And maybe even if you don't want to pick exactly the same place, like the way we picked driving distance of L.A., like that's a lot of options. And yet it's. It's narrowed. And so if you're somebody Mm -hmm. I like the idea of going back to exactly the same place like I I love that to me it makes it seem easier and more appealing because again the decision fatigue like knowing exactly what to expect or like how fancy is the restaurant and what is the gym like and all that. But I think there's ways if you don't like that you could still get some of the advantages of standardization even if you don't want to get to the exact level of standardization that turns you off.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways where you could modify this to fit your, you know, your group of friends and what works for you guys. Like if maybe some people like going different places, but it's always the same weekend. I mean, I just think that if you know it's the same weekend, then you can plan and that's a huge part of it. Although I do like going the whole hog and just having everything standardized. Because
1: then you start getting into like, where are you going? And it's like people want to be considerate. So I want to be close to you. But but then it's too far for me. It it just gets it's like there's just the more people are involved. It's just very hard to take everybody's desires and interests and situation into account. And so it's like you just deal with that one time and get it done. Now, the thing is, a lot of groups will have someone like the Julie McCoy. You know, people will say to them, Mm. say, oh, I'm the Julie McCoy. Everybody calls me that. I'm the cruise director. I like to make plans and I sort of like deal with it and get everybody energized. But a lot of groups don't have somebody like that. And first of all, if you have somebody like that, cooperate with them, praise them, appreciate them, because that is a huge amount of emotional and like logistical work. And sometimes people think it's funny to kind of poke fun at that person Whereas I'm like, we should all be sending them baskets of flowers and fruit because it's so much work to be the Julian mm-hmm. McCoy. But if you don't have a Julian McCoy, maybe your group won't get together. You know, if your family or your group's, group of friends doesn't have someone like that, you kind of have to standardization is a way to get the benefits if you don't have a person who's willing to play that role.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, of course, we always have to mention the four tendencies. It's also a way if you have these sort of jobs for the trip divided up to keep the obligers in the group from having to do everything. Yeah, exactly. You know.
1: Great point. Yes. Because um, a questioner would be like, well, it's efficient for us all to have these jobs. And a polder like, well, if I'm supposed to do this, I will. But yeah, you don't want the obliger just sort of like volunteering or feeling volunteered for everything. Um, yes, that is an excellent point. Yes. Yeah. Like, we got to yeah. make sure and- we don't exploit the obligers, which we often do. That is the <laughs> truth. Yes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's really just good to know. Like, if there's people you want to see in your life, it's just good to know at least once. Once a year doesn't seem like much, but it's a whole lot more than not seeing people for five years. Nope. you know,
1: a hundred. I have a birthday buddy. This, this is a friend of mine I've known for years. Our birthdays are one day apart. She lives six blocks from me, mm-hmm. and many years I only see her. We get together for a birthday. I only see her once a year, but I know that I'm going to see her once a year because yeah. when her birthday comes around, I'm like, oh, I got to have. I have to see her. My birthday buddy. Um, Once a year is a lot more than that. And this is what we talk about all the time. Ancient philosophers and contemporary scientists agree. If there's one key to a happy life, it's relationships. As you say, if there's one thing that came up on so many 18 for 2018 lists, it's relationships, seeing people, staying in touch with people. And so this is a place where anything that you can do to make it easier, is going to make a big payoff in your happiness. If you can find ways to save your time, energy, or money to put it towards those relationships, it's going to make you happier. Yeah. So let us know if you do try this at home and whether you're creating a standardized vacation or whether you've already standardized a vacation. It would be interesting to hear how different people have standardized a vacation. Let us know how it works for you on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is episode 158. So go to happiercast.com slash 158 for everything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, a pairing happiness hack. But first, this break.
1: Post your job for free at linkedin.com
0: slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Elizabeth, it's time for happiness hack. And in my book, Better Than Before, I talk about the 21 strategies that we can use to make or break our habits. And sometimes people think 21 is too many, Um, (laughs) but it's good to have 21 because it gives you lots to choose from. Some work better for some people than they do for other people. And one of them is pairing. And that's if there's something that you want to do, you pair it with something that you need to do or that you should do so that it gets done more readily. So, for instance, if you're having trouble taking medication, you might say, okay, I'm going to put my medicine bottle in front of my coffee pot. And I'm going to say Mm -hmm. to myself, I can't have my first cup of coffee in the morning until I've taken my medicine. And so that way it's like, well, you really want that cup of coffee. So you're going to do whatever you have to do. (laughs) Exactly. to, To fight your way through to that first cup. So that's pairing. And so... But here we got an interesting example of somebody who took that to the next level.
0: Yes, this is from Nicole. She says, I have used your pairing technique with great success and wanted to share a small spin on it. I have fallen into the habit of winding down at the end of my day with a glass of wine while watching TV. While I am not looking to entirely eliminate either of these, I am aware that it's not the healthiest combo. So I've employed unpairing. I can have a glass of wine, but not while I watch TV. And I can watch TV, but only if I don't also have wine. This has made me more mindful of my choices and has cut back a bit on both habits while still giving me the end of day wind down that I'm looking for. Thank you as always for all of your strategies and tips. So I thought we've never talked about unpairing, and that's a really good idea.
1: I think this is, think this is a brilliant idea, and I have to confess, like I never really thought about unpairing. And once you use that term and give an illustration, you see how, how common it is for things to get paired. And also, it, I think what's nice about it is one of the problems that comes up when people are trying to shape their habits or when they're trying to use self-mastery generally is like it's so easy to fall into feeling deprived. And when you feel Mm. deprived, then you feel like, well, I should somehow earn something. Well, if I'm giving up this, then I deserve that. And then often that becomes kind of this downward spiral where, yes, I've made myself go to the gym, but now I'm going to have this giant blueberry scone. And so then that's not like exactly where I wanted to end up. But in here, she's not taking anything away. She's just saying... I can have my brownie, I can have my ice cream, but I can't have my brownie a la mode. And that's fine because it's like you can enjoy them both better maybe if you're kind of sinking into the experience more. Like, I'm really going to enjoy this glass of wine. I'm really going to focus on this TV show. Whereas if you're drinking one while you're watching TV, you're probably not noticing either one as much. So this, I think, it's both more mindful enjoyment, which is good on its own, and you get double treats instead of just like one big treat, and there's no deprivation.
0: Yeah, then I think that is so key that there's no deprivation because she's saying, hey, if I want a glass of wine, I will have it. So she doesn't have that feeling of like, I never can have wine again, angry, frustrated. She's just like, oh, after I watch this show, I'll have a glass of wine. And then probably, you know, a lot of the time, by the time the show's over, she doesn't even want the glass of wine and she goes to bed so that's how it end or vice versa so that's how it ends up cutting down on both habits well
1: and then also just one of the things that research says is that for habits or anytime we want to shape our behavior just monitoring is good just knowing how mm. much you're doing something is very helpful. And I think when you uncouple these things, you're probably more aware because it's like, oh, tonight, am I more in the mood for this or that? And so then you're more aware of like, wow, Mm. I'm really, you you know, you just, because when they're coupled together, it's just easier not even to notice paradoxically because it's not as pure an activity, whereas you're like, wow, tonight I'm picking, like right now I'm going to go have that glass of wine. Now, and also studies suggest that when people do something while they're watching TV, they're distracted. You know, this is like, Mm -hmm. we've all had the experience of like, you start the bag of something while you're watching TV and then all of a sudden you're like reaching for the crumbs at the bottom and you don't even remember Uh reading it because you're so distracted. So anytime you want to enjoy something, not... Enjoying it in front of the television, you're going to get more enjoyment out of it because you're just going to have a deeper appreciation for whatever that activity is because you're not also watching TV, which itself is like very absorbing.
0: Yes. So thanks, Nicole, for a
1: great hack. Yes. Interesting. And now, Elizabeth, it's time Mm -hmm. for the deep dive into the sizzling hot topic, Mm -hmm. which I have to say we did not expect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Of wearing clothes. Clothes clothes being in quotation marks.
0: (laughs) Yes, I've been calling this
1: our February Real Clothes Challenge
0: (laughs) um, on Instagram. And this was, we said that every day of February, you and I would wear real clothes, i.e. not sweatpants, not hoodies. Um, we were allowed to wear nice sneakers and jeans, of course. Um, but it had to be something we would say that we would wear out to dinner and not be embarrassed because I'll wear really bad clothes (laughs) to dinner and I'll be embarrassed, but I'll do it. So it had to be something that I felt okay wearing to dinner.
1: Yes. And wearing a little makeup, at least some makeup, Mm -hmm. um, wearing, trying to change up your jewelry or at least like wearing, like putting any, I put in earrings every day. Yes. Um, we very cleverly picked the shortest month, Elizabeth, yeah. because this <laughs> was, a, did. This was a, a challenge for us. But I have to say, what it was interesting to me is how many people shared this. I, I kind of thought it was just like you and me were like off, yes. in a, off in a corner talking just between the two of us about like how bad we felt about the fact that we were, were dressing this way. But yeah. we heard from so many people in so many different professions all over the country talking about their own thoughts and and examples um, related to wearing clothes.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's everything from, you know, dog walkers to people who are like um, golf pros to, you know, accountants who work at home. You know, I mean, it really crosses like all professions, except I guess a lawyer who goes into the office is not having this problem. Right, right. Uh, but a lot of people and um, and what's funny is it also seems sort of inconsequential, like how big of a deal is it that you're wearing sweatpants, you yeah. know, while you sit and work on your computer instead of, you know, jeans and boots. But it really has a disproportionate effect on a lot of people, including us.
1: Yeah. Well, and that is what I think is really the, the sort of the most interesting thing here is why does it seem to have this effect, which many, 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 many people pointed to, of making you feel more productive, more assertive, more kind of ready for opportunity, more like ready to jump out of the house and like get going in your day? It's, it reminds me kind of like of the make your bed resolution because mm. of every resolution about happiness that I've ever discussed, the one that people most often specifically mention, weirdly, is. The resolution to make your bed every day there's just something about this little habit every day that makes people feel kind of just ready for their day it's not hard it gives you this little bit of or- feeling of order and just it's it, like you say it seems disproportionate it's not that big a deal to have a bed that's made or a bed that's not made and yet it seems to have this effect in people's perception of their day going forward and the same thing with clothes many 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 people pointed to this idea that they just felt like when they were wearing clothes They just felt like they were putting their best foot forward in a way that really didn't make logical sense.
0: One funny thing is um, several people mentioned that their children's reactions to them wearing real clothes was a wake-up call. (laughs) You know, um, like they walk out and go, Mom, where are you going? You look so
1: nice. (laughs) Laura said, I'd realized I'd gotten a little sloppy. I got dressed in jeans and a semi-nice shirt not a t-shirt. And when my three-year-old saw me, he said, Mom, you have your handsome clothes on. Where are we going? And the answer was Target. (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: Yeah. And Gretchen, many people agreed with us that there's something about not being dressed in clothes, however you define clothes, that makes you feel less capable, like less ready to face the day. Um, and I know that I certainly feel more ready to face the day I'm learning when I do have on a nice outfit.
1: Yeah, I think it just gives you that sense of, I don't know, it, maybe it's professionalism. Maybe it's just more you feel less self-conscious. Um, and Or maybe it's even sort of like the making the bed. It's like a sense of putting yourself into order that it's somehow, Mm -hmm. you know, you're readying yourself or you're, you're kind of getting yourself all set up and it's kind of like outer order, inner calm. It's one of these things. Like if I feel like my outside is, you know, ready, then my inside feels more ready.
0: Yeah. And I think there's an armor sense. Like I'm putting on my armor for the day. Yeah. Meg said, I'm a pastry chef, so not only do I work in a very casual industry, but also change into a uniform when I get to work and work long hours, so I don't generally go anywhere before or after work. Basically, it really doesn't matter what I wear. I've never been one to care too much about my appearance, but I'd reached a definitively new low. After going through the grueling months-long process of opening a new restaurant, I either went to work straight from the gym wearing sweaty workout clothes or rolled out of bed and threw on yoga pants or jeans and a t-shirt with the restaurant name on it every day. (laughs) I felt like a slouch, a slob, and like I really just didn't have my act together. So I made a pact with myself. I would no longer wear logo t-shirts out of the house unless I was going to work out And I would go home after workouts to change before going to work. So that's a big commitment. But I could see how she would just start feeling like she's losing herself.
1: Right, right, right. Nicole writes, I work in a ceramic studio. I used to work in my studio dressed in sweatpants, a big baggy T-shirt and flip flops, mostly because regardless of what I wear, I end up covered in clay and dust. In the last few months, I've made the effort to wear jeans, boots, and nicer tops. I don't care about getting my clothing dirty anymore because I feel more productive and can run out on an errand without changing my entire outfit. It also makes unexpected studio visits much easier and professional. And that reminded me, Elizabeth, of how you said like, when somebody accidentally came for an interview on the wrong day yes. and you felt very apologetic because you hadn't dressed yeah. Cuz you didn't know that they were going to be coming in, you didn't. So this way you're just sort of ready in that professional yes. way.
0: Yes. And Gretchen a lot of people suggested figuring out some kind of uniform, which yeah. you and I have talked about yeah. before, pick a uniform. Yeah. Debra said, my suggestion to you is Uniqlo for winter clothes. I know you already like their down vests. (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. That's true. That was a happiness hack. (laughs) We talked so much about how much we love Uniqlo. Everyone thought we were doing an ad, but we were not. (laughs) We just like Uniqlo vests, um, which I've been wearing, Gretchen, in in my Real Clothes February challenge my Uniqlo vests. I have mine Um, next to me in the studio right now. (laughs) Um, but Deborah said that her winter uniform is one of Uniqlo's heat tech T-shirts, silky soft second skin T-shirts that don't show under clothes and keep you warm. One of their V-neck cashmere sweaters on top looks polished and is warm and comfortable for every day. They're really cheap and I have them in every color. Problem solved for me. So that is something you can do is like you look really nice and you look like you're kind of have a nice outfit put together, but it doesn't take a lot of thought.
1: Yeah. So Brittany said it kind of along the same line. She said, I decided on a uniform for every day that was comfortable for me, easy to put on after a long night of not sleeping because she has really little kids, be able to play with my kids while wearing it makes me feel good. And most importantly, it has pockets. So, again, it's like this idea of, like, identify what I'm going to wear. And then this that's eliminating decision fatigue, as we were talking about um, earlier.
0: Yeah. Um, now, Kate and a few other people suggested it's easier to know what to wear if you plan your outfits in advance for the week, like on Sunday night.
1: <laughs> I don't see either of us doing that. We are not on that level. <laughs> no.
0: I, 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 I respect,
1: can't imagine. I respect, I respect that. Um, that is not that. It, that we we're barely scrambling to. Um, we we we're not at that level of sophistication in rotation and options, but um, maybe one day. <laughs> yes.
0: And Gretch, many people said that they wear leggings with a long shirt or dress. Um, that that was their sort of uniform. Um, Sarah wears that a lot, and mm-hmm. it looks super cute. No, I don't even own leggings. Yeah,
1: me neither. Yeah.
0: I just I don't I need to get some like I just it's never once in my life occurred to me like oh everyone I see is wearing leggings perhaps this would work in my life I'm just sort of like leggings I don't get it um, but they do look so cute and of course like you know Eliza wears them like every day
1: yeah like yeah yeah it's funny though it's funny that you say that because you see them constantly and it has never once occurred to me like I could wear leggings yeah and I, I mean, don't know. would
0: change Change it up. Let's let's make a pack that we're each going to get leggings.
1: Okay, I can't swear that I will wear them, but I will buy them, and then maybe I will under. I, I will have maybe Eliza and Eller can coach me on how to like, like yeah. incorporate them into my wardrobe setting. And just in terms of like having a good wear clothes motto, I thought Lori Angela had a great motto: Get up, dress up, show up. She said it helped her to set her actions with her mood, and I love that. Get up, dress up, mm. show up. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Says it all. Yeah.
0: And Gretchen Jeanette made an interesting point. She said, what got me really thinking was something you said in an early episode about work during holidays. You said something about doing some work each day, which will make the rest of the time feel more leisurely. I totally feel this way about clothes. If you wear real clothes, It feels so much more relaxed if you change into comfort clothes at the end of the day. And that's so true. So true.
1: Yeah, you appreciate it so much more.
0: (laughs) I mean, such a memory I have of dad is like every day he'd walk into the house in his suit after work and he'd be like, I'm going to go change my pants. Yeah. And he would always go change into like, you know, khakis and a shirt, which for him was his comfort clothes. And it was always like, "Okay, now dad's done working for the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice marker for for you and for, for like, even for your whole household. So, Alyssa, what did we learn from the month of clothes?
0: Well... I really did love wearing clothes every day. I mean, it really did make me feel more like, you know, this business woman um, I want to be. Like charge. Ridiculously, even though I'm, you know, in my (laughs) 40s, I still like feel like a kid. Yeah. So it made me feel more like a woman.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But here's the one downside. Oh. And this goes to why I chose one day not to do it is I have not been doing my treadmill desk nearly as much Ooh. because one reason I even started wearing sweatpants every day was because of the treadmill desk, because it's just so much easier if you're walking on a treadmill to be wearing sneakers and sweats. It just feels more comfortable. Yeah. And do I have an extra pair of sneakers in my office that I could change into? Yes. But it's just that little obstacle has kept me off the treadmill, not totally, but I'm doing it way less. Mm. So one day on uh, President's Day, as a matter of fact, we had to work because, you know, we're in the middle of a pilot and we're not taking really any days off. And I said, okay, it's President's Day. Nobody else is at work today. It's a holiday. I'm going to wear sweats. I wear my nicest sweats and my nicest uh, hoodie. And I'm going to walk on the treadmill. And I did three miles that day on the treadmill. Um, so I just decided since it was President's Day, it was mm-hmm. it was a not real clothes day.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's important. And that's really worth considering because there's benefits to wearing clothes, but there's also a lot of benefits to doing the treadmill desk. And I've been in your office and I've seen how like you have a couch and you have chairs and you and Sarah, because Sarah also has the treadmill desk. Like you'll be sitting and doing one thing or you'll go and get something off the printer, and then you sort of seamlessly go back onto the treadmill. And so it is like this idea, and one of the things from the habits research is anything that's convenient, you're more likely to do. And even the slightest little bit of inconvenience makes it less likely. And if you were changing your shoes, even one time, it just is going to be that little bit of a hurdle. Whereas now you can just, you just jump on your treadmill desk without thinking about it if you're already, and, so, and that's important. But see, I don't have that. I'm not getting on a treadmill. (laughs) I would love to have a treadmill desk, but my office is too small. And so for you, I think that is a really serious consideration, but I'm not doing that.
0: I think what I clearly need is to have more of a strategy of cute outfits that incorporate sneakers, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't feel I have now. So I need to work. I have cute sneakers, but not like the outfits don't quite go together. They go better with boots. But anyway, Gretch, tell me, how did you feel wearing real clothes? Did it affect you?
1: I did. It did affect me. It made me feel good. like if I ran into somebody I knew, I felt like just in the neighborhood, I felt good. One of my 18 for 2018 was to do Instagram more. Um, Mm. So if you follow me on Instagram, um, I hope that you have seen that I have been trying to step up my Instagram game. I am doing more hashtags and like like putting on the captions and trying to like experiment with all the things you could do on Instagram. And one of the reasons that I hadn't been doing Instagram is because often you will show yourself. And when I was just had no makeup, you know, my hair was a mess, no earrings, and just wearing a sweatshirt. I never wanted to include myself, whereas now I felt like I was more ready to include myself because I Mm. was wearing clothes, so that really helped me. But I will say it also really made me realize how much I love wearing yoga pants and running shoes. (laughs) And so maybe part of it is just like, oh my gosh, don't take it for granted. It's such a luxury. It's It's such a wonderful, wonderful luxury to be able to wear that when you want to. Because it is really nice.
0: So are you going to go back to your yoga pants every day or are you going to stick with the real clothes I think, or something in between?
1: I think I'm going to do something in between. I think that also sometimes what I would do is I would have yoga clothes on and then I would switch to a real outfit. And then the minute I could, I would switch out of the real outfit. Now I think if I put on the real outfit, because often I, there'll be something during the day where I have to wear, like right now I'm at the Panoply Studios. It's like I'm wearing real clothes for that. Mm. Just stay in the real clothes Mm -hmm. because I do feel more kind of on top of my game instead of constant feeling like I have to minimize the time. But I think it was good to do it for the month. I feel like we're going to be more likely to incorporate more clothes like we have better shoes. We've thought through the outfits like maybe we won't do it. Maybe it's not going to be all or nothing for either of us, but it's more like we're going to be more ready to wear clothes in the situations where before we might have said. Well, I could probably get away with not wearing clothes. Now I think I'm yes. going to be more tipped to being willing to wear wear clothes.
0: Yes. And I have been wearing um as we said at the beginning of this one advantage is that we'd wear clothes we don't normally wear. Yes. Um, that have just sit in our closet, uh, but that we really like. And I have been doing that. I've been wearing um, a lot of clothes um, that I hadn't worn in, you know, over a year or something just because I've only worn hoodies. I was even thinking, wow, I've washed so few hoodies this month. Like I just <laughs> have not worn hoodies except like hiking and things like that. Yeah. So now one disadvantage, Gretchen, my dry cleaning bill mm. is like through the roof. Mm. Um uh, because normally I'm just wearing things that I throw in the wash, but this month I've been doing so much dry cleaning. So that's mm-hmm. another downside.
1: Right. Right. Well, I think this was a good exercise just in learning and then we will we'll have to report back and see how it's if we keep up our I think for a lot of it is also there's the good feeling, as you say, with wearing clothes that you feel like you're not getting proper use out of. And then also I feel like I've thought through some outfits, like you were saying, mm-hmm. like figuring out how you could Make use of something. Once you've figured it out once, then you're like, oh, this is an outfit that I could wear. But the first time, it takes a little bit more mental energy. Um... Okay. One
0: thing I want to keep incorporating is I started during this month Fancy Friday because I had since I was wearing all these clothes, I'm like, well, I have a pair of shoes I would normally never wear just to a regular day at work. Yeah. Uh, But I'm just going to say, well, I called it Dress Up Friday, and then someone said Call it Fancy Friday. I said, Oh, that's a great name. (laughs) So I think I'm going to try to keep Fancy Friday so that at least I know on Fridays. I'm going to be wearing a really nice outfit, what I call a nice outfit, which other people would probably call casual Friday. (laughs) Well,
1: that's great. Oh, I love that. Well, thanks, everyone, for letting us know about clothes. We really did feel so much. um, It was great to hear that so many people also struggled with this or had thought about this. So thanks, everyone, for letting us know what you made of this Try This at Home
0: oh and Gretchen I didn't take a picture of myself every day but a lot of days I did so I'll put a little um, thing on Instagram uh, at Liz Craft is my Instagram name of uh, my outfits for (laughs) the February real clothes (laughs) challenge nothing too exciting but if anybody's interested excellent coming up I give myself a pilot stress happiness demerit but first this break This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Gretchen, when I started my career... Therapy really helped me work through all of my stresses so that I was able to concentrate at work and do a good job.
1: If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp visit betterhelp.com/gretchenrubin today to get 10% off your first month that's betterhelp h e l p .com/gretchenrubin this message is sponsored by greenlight as your kids get older some things about parenting get easier they can dress themselves they can clean up after themselves allegedly Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills.
0: Yeah. Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done.
1: Okay, it's time for demerits and gold stars. And Elizabeth, you are up for a demerit because this is an even-numbered episode, episode 158.
0: Yeah, Gretchen, this week my happiness demerit is related to making my pilot. Now, Mm. doing a pilot, as I said, makes me incredibly happy, but it's also really stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of times you're trying to make a million decisions and you don't have all the information. And like, it's just sort of... Your head is spinning, um, but you've got to keep it together. And so one thing that I have noticed is it's made me a little bit more on edge at home. Mm -hmm. It's like the stress of the pilot is seeping out with Adam and Jack. Like, you know, we try to say to use a kind voice in our house. Like we try to remind ourselves of that all the time. Mm -hmm. But I'll hear myself like yelling at Jack about getting to bed. Because I'm thinking about casting. You know what I mean? It's like it has nothing to do with Jack. It's just that I'm on edge. So that is not good. And I got to like just cut that off and not
1: do that. That's such a common problem. I mean, I feel I've struggled with that. I'm sure so many people have struggled with that. I mean, and I would love to hear maybe listeners have great strategies or rituals for Mm, like letting go of work stress, like not letting it, you know, trying to compartmentalize. Jamie is really good at this. Like he mm. is somehow is able to put it aside. I feel like that is a real gift, to sort of like leave your your work troubles at work or whatever. Um, but it's hard because it's just it's on your mind. It's affecting your mood. You're getting emails. It's it, yeah. and it's just like you're worked up. It's just it's all over the place. So I, I don't know. It's also I'm sleeping
0: less yeah. because I am more worked up. So it's just harder to go to sleep at night. And then I usually tend to wake up earlier, you yeah. know, because I'm thinking yeah. about things. So it's like also getting less sleep is probably impacting being more on edge at home.
1: Well, that's one reason why the treadmill disc is good, because if you get more exercise, you sleep better. So that's good. Yes. Well, I would love to hear if people have other rituals or strategies for dealing with this, because it's it's hard. That is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gretch, but what is your gold star? Uh, Well, I have a gold star for you and me both, Elizabeth. I think we deserve a gold star for Google Docs.
0: Oh, okay. yes. We have been using Google Docs,
1: We've which been... I've talked about on
0: Happier in Hollywood <laughs> as being just totally baffling, yes. but we're starting to get it Yes, and use it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so Eleanor gave me this long time. Well, because I would heard you talking about it on Happier in Hollywood and I'm like, what is this Google Docs thing? It sounds like it could be kind of cool. And so Eleanor like, was so excited and she sat me down and for like a half an hour showed me how to use Google Docs. And it turns out it's like this magical thing where multiple people can work on a document simultaneously. Like you can see where people are typing and it automatically saves. Like I'm so used to saving, but it just saves automatically. And so everybody has an updated thing. And it's one of these classic things on technology where it's like everybody says it's not that hard. And it really isn't that hard once you just really make up your mind that you're going to sit down and figure out how to use it that first couple times which we both did and we have both been using Google Docs and it is amazing and i think we both deserve a gold star because we had resisted it for years yes and yes. now we're doing it like mad and we've yes. really got the hang of it
0: so good for us good for
1: us embracing technology that everybody else embraced 10 years ago but we are here now yeah using Google Docs <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for this episode of half year remember to try this at home Create a standardized vacation. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
0: Thank you to our producer, Odelia Rubin. Also, thanks to Kristen Meinser and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Also, I'm on Instagram at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: And if you like the show, you know what I mean. Today, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Here's something uh, I wanted to mention for the resources. We get um, emails from time to time about people asking about an advertiser. So if you want to follow up, like you didn't, you can't remember the name of an advertiser, mm. or you weren't sure about the spelling or something, if you go to the show notes for the episode, which again is always happiercast.com/slash whatever the number of the episode is. So like this is episode one. 58, so it'd be happiercast.com slash 158. You scroll down below the comments. You'll see the comments that people have put. And then you'll see a section called Our Sponsors. And that will give you any information about our ads. And that's, you know, if you go back 10 episodes, it'll be the, uh, the, the ads for that episode. So just go below. The, just keep scrolling and it will pop up for you. Um, and also, if you want to sign up for my monthly newsletter where I, I have like highlights and sometimes there's like little bonuses or questions and just stuff I'm interested in. Um, I will post a link to that, or you can just email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com and I will sign you up. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. If you've ever been in the market for
0: a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know.
1: And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework.